0: I think it was a 35 chev and it was found in a field we opened the glove box and it was a doctor's car and in the back seat was his little pouch with all of his tools and it was a traveling doctor and in the front with the glove box was his personal glasses and uh, a little letter from his loved one for the day basically saying that they love each other and they're a very cute couple him and his partner and in the glove box deep in the back after you've got through all this was a dusty old coin, and most coins would be, eh, whatever. And uh, a little gold coin actually was end up worth more than the whole co- car, but it is amazing that people forget or just completely gap on that they left when they parked the car. We found all sorts of things in cars. I'm Peter McCulley.
1: That's Matt Sager of Vancouver Island, who is featured in the History Channel's TV show entitled Lost Car Rescue. Matt talks about his passion for rescuing classic cars, where they find them, and the team that makes it happen when Today in B.C. continues. Search, browse, buy. Black Press Media brings you Today's Drive. Find your new vehicle on our exclusive platform and get driving. At todaysdrive.com, you'll have access to inventory across B.C., where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. With new and used vehicles from the dealership around the corner and dealers across B.C., the best venue to find your next vehicle is todaysdrive.com. Matt, you were born on Vancouver Island and grew up in the Cowichan Valley. Were you always interested in older cars and trucks? Was that a part of your youth? Oh, yes, very much.
0: I think it was born loving vehicles of
1: all kinds. And so if you love old cars and trucks, even though you're a younger guy, should you have been
0: born in a different era? All my close friends say that I was born in the wrong era and that I am one of an old soul. But yes, very much. I think maybe 50 years later than I probably should have been. <laughs> I always like to say, because it is truly how I feel, that, that the car world is an aging population. And the understanding of what it is that we actually are all passionate about and trapped in these old souls here, it's not something that you have to be 90 years old it's very addicting and people, father, sons, mother, daughters should jump in, and try it out, try restoring one or try uh, building one. So I understand when you started out, it was just you,
1: a trailer and a truck off searching for whatever vehicles you could find.
0: Yeah, I was working up north and uh, I didn't have very much at all. Very simple. And uh, it really very much grew from yeah, a pickup truck and a trailer to what we have now.
1: And so how did that passion
0: grow into a television show? Oh, it's a whirlwind trip for sure. The short version, yeah, I started out alone up north, working up north. The north is in north of Prince George. And when I was working, I saw many vehicles. My brothers and I had a company in the north. And I was flying around, saw hundreds of vehicles for work. And I just couldn't believe they were left in the wilds. To defend for themselves, so I started recording them, and then in the summers I would spend a week or two recovering them, and then next year it was a month, and then the year after it was three months, and the team grew, and the planes and grew, and the my one trailer wasn't big enough, so a semi was acquired to move eight or nine at a time, and then it just grew and grew, and then everybody knew what we did in small towns because uh, we were really well known. Everybody kept saying, the world needs to see what you do. Uh, It's very unique. So we shot a small reel and sent it to some production companies. And here we are. History gobbled it up. They didn't even hesitate. And that was almost four years ago.
1: So when I was reading up on the show ahead of our conversation, I ran across a story with this headline. New Canadian TV show sees young car nuts hunt from the air. I thought it was uh, pretty funny, but it's probably pretty accurate.
0: Oh, very much so. We are car nuts to the core and we wouldn't be able to do what we do without hunting and that's an antique airplane you have as well i guess it depends on what's antique i think it's pretty new one myself but it is a 1948 stinson 108-3 and yeah it flies like it was off the showroom floor yesterday but it's very much an old relic of disguise for sure
1: let's talk about the members of your team you've got a mechanic a pilot an auto body guy crane operator those are the ones we see on camera
0: What you're on camera is the team. Uh, There is no one else, possibly my older brother, who's uh, a bit in the background. But yeah, no, it's a great balance. We have an older, wiser vision, if you want to say it, with Dave or long-haired Dave, a good friend. And he's always brought a sense of calm and a sense of almost a decade approach to everything, which is great. And my younger brother, Steve, of course, I don't have much of an option growing up. I didn't choose him but he is a great addition to the team him and I started at the very early time together hunting cars so he would be the oldest team member working with me and then Lee our crane operator it takes a certain skill to be able to operate and recover things without further hurting them and these cars aren't usually very easy to get at or recover of course Jess speaks for herself she's very much our eagle eye in the sky. She has a really great calm way of putting me in positions to find things. That's very hard to look out the window and fly with so many hazards in the air. So, yeah, it's a really great team. I wouldn't change it at all. You head to
1: an area, you find some vehicles, you bring them back. What happens to them after you get them home?
0: I know that it's, like I said, it's been some years that I've been doing this. I don't know exactly how many years, but it's definitely over 10. And I have a very large list of people that I've reached out. Several hundred people, really, all over the world. Basically, we place cars almost like an adoption agency. We really want to make sure that the stories of those cars and the wishes of the people that we find them are respected moving forward. For example, the cars aren't chopped up or parted out just because they may be worth more in that avenue. So we place the cars to families, car builders, customers, if you will, that will build them and bring them back to their original state or Modified state and show them off to the world, which is our goal, because a car that is loved is a safe car, not a car that just sits in a field.
1: Tell us about the best find ever in British Columbia. Why, in your opinion, was it the best find
0: ever? Oh, that's a loaded question. There's so many. That's a question I get a lot, and I think it changes every time because I like so many of them. But I have to say, my best find is not so much dictated on the value. Of when I find a car, what I'm looking for is a car that no one else knows where it is, or a car that's truly lost, undeniable. One that is basically fell through the, the cracks of time, been encapsulated in a barn or abandoned over a ravine. Could be under two feet of leaves and you never see it. One of them would probably be an old 37 Ford truck I found. Not overly expensive, not overly worth a lot money-wise, but that truck was as parked and the gentleman who had it in northern bc up by fort st john his father's father's truck and it was it's beat up but the story that went with it was just epic and basically without that truck they they wouldn't have survived as a family and it was just nothing special in particular when you look at it it's just you had to be there you had to listen to it and these trucks are more than just chunks of steel they're the backbone of spine of a family or of a A settlement, even a town, and that's what's so exciting about them is that there's no two vehicles the same, there's no two stories the same, and that we almost collect those stories like they're characters in our, you know, in a greater picture. So uh, it's really hard to say just one, but that old Ford was definitely moving when I got to hear that story. It's all about the stories. If you don't have a story, then it's just a chunk of metal. And uh, if you can see that same chunk of metal in almost anywhere, the cars that we find, the vehicles that we find, they're they're not one of ones they're they're one of hundreds or one of thousands that were ever made so there's thousands of the exact same one that you see us find but it will never have the same story or carry the same weight in the testament of time but where it is and that's what we're really hunting the vehicle itself is just truly the vehicle that takes us on this time warp across canada of all the places we find it so it is really exciting when you get to hear these new stories You also spend lots of time searching for vehicles on the prairies.
1: I heard you say that finding the vehicles is usually not the hard part. It's
0: the getting the owners to part with them, even the ones that they don't know they have. No, for sure. And I wouldn't say it's, The hard part is getting into power with them. I think it's shared with trying to figure out who just owns it. (laughs) There's just millions and millions of kilometers of fields and those property lines are skewed over time. There's a lot of people that, if you can imagine, own tens of thousands of acres. You may fly after half a day until you can find a dwelling that someone might actually live in. You'll find many dwellings, many homesteads, many relatives, but more than likely not the owner. So yes, it is a very lengthy process sometimes to not only locate the vehicle, but then make sure you're buying it from the right owner and that everyone's going to be happy at the end of the day. I don't blame people for wanting to hold on to them. And I I always like to tread that line of being an outsider or being a guest on their land and making sure that we get a chance to hear that story before we even approach them to try to acquire it or save it. Because sometimes they are saved just right where they are. And it sounds weird to think that a vehicle could be so amazing and so rare and watch it rust away, but sometimes that's just what they should be doing and they're just that close to the family that they should stay right there. So it's really important that we respect that on our journey.
1: When Today in BC continues, we'll find out about some of the surprising things that have been found in vehicles and about a season two for the show. Today in B.C. is a Black Press Media podcast. Matt, have you had any rescues that have been fully restored and you followed them along and and maybe they made it to the big time like one of those TV auctions for Barrett Jackson or whoever?
0: You know, I couldn't tell you that. I have hundreds of vehicles. I can only imagine that some of them have gone to that level of being restored and then auctioned off. I have placed or sold vehicles that have exceeded values that I'd ever imagined they would be, but I can't actually say that I know of any that have been auctioned.
1: Have you got a favourite vehicle that you might have found and kept for yourself and put in the garage and restored it, or maybe you're thinking about restoring it?
0: And if so, what is it? Yeah, I, I try not to, to keep too many wrangles with my issues of hoarding cars. Uh, I think a saved car is a, a car that is loves in a heated storage or in a very close proximity to someone's heart as far as being restored soon. So hoarding many is against my goal. But I do have a four or five that I like to keep at any given time that I've found. And they change from time to time with rare relics that we come across. Yeah, I think one of the, the ones that I enjoy the most is from last season it was really a long time coming to find that 1936 cord it's going to be probably a five to six year restoration just to find parts to actually finish it off that's probably one of the ones i enjoy looking at the most it's weird cool i'm all about that
1: cord is a beautiful vehicle
0: my favorite vehicle
1: you found on the show this past season was that dodge power wagon that was off in a stream somewhere up north and I guess unless you were in a line of work where you really needed one of those vehicles, it would be silly to have one in the backyard. But there's something about those that have always appealed to me.
0: Oh, man. So that would be probably my brother's favorite. Steven on the show, favorite vehicle. And I don't blame him. We use one on the show for the exact same reasons that everybody wants one. It's probably one of the most desirable pickup trucks in the world right now. And it's not crazy to say that a truck, when restored, could fetch upwards of $300,000. It's just a mind-blowing but I don't blame people. It was one of, if not the first production four-wheel drive vehicle that uh, the Dodge had to forage, which made Dodge into what it was. And after the war, all the returning men and women saw how they used those tools. And they never had that on the farm. They never had that at home. And Dodge really nailed it with coming out with a vehicle that was affordable, but also this multi-screwdriver that they could use in their homesteads. And that's exactly what it was. They were used for everything and, and really could take it
1: Let's go back to the stories for a second. So after watching the six episodes of Lost Car Rescue, I guess that your superpower is connecting with people about their vehicles and having them tell the story.
0: It's funny. When I was a kid, my parents, my grandparents, I don't know why they did it, but they used to get me to go door to door and knock and strike conversations with complete strangers. And I used to resist. And it was actually my grandfather, Sager, a thing that he would do too and well-known for But I never understood what they were really teaching me. And I think at a young age, I indirectly learned that it's a real skill to be able to break into a conversation with a stranger. And then by the time you're done, be on uh, very mutual terms with that stranger to the point where you're almost friends with them and then move on and do it again. Yeah, superpower or just uh, develop skill over time. It's the thing that I enjoy the most in life, really. It's not even hunting cars. Being able to connect with strangers, if you want to call them that, and become broaden that group of friends or even family in a bigger way. Because I really do feel like after interacting with almost everybody, that it really just grows that family, that car culture, or just in general. I like to pride myself on there isn't someone that I've ever ran into or struck a conversation with out hunting cars, that I could not phone right now and probably have a two hour conversation about the most random thing. So it is maybe just me, but it is uh, something I really enjoy.
1: Recently on the weekend, I traded my vehicle. I had to clean it out. I found under the driver's seat, you know, some of the old French fries, Lord knows how old they were and some change and a couple of other things that kind of surprised me a little bit. So there must be more than a few
0: surprises you get once in a while when you find an old car truck what's in it is the next step and there's quite a few things that we found that we never thought would be in there for sure one of my favorites it was an old 30s car i think it was a 35 chev and it was found in a field we opened the glove box and it was a doctor's car and in the back seat was his little pouch with all of his tools and it was a traveling doctor and in the front with the glove box was his personal glasses and uh, a little letter from his loved one for the day and basically saying that they love each other and they're a very cute couple, him and his partner. And uh, and in the glove box, deep in the back after you've got through all this was a dusty old coin and uh, most coins would be eh, whatever, but this coin was heavy and it was actually a really small gold, sovereign enough type. The gold coin actually was ended up worth more than the whole car, but It is amazing that people forget or just completely gap on that they left when they parked the car, and then time wears down everybody, and you just don't realize that you left it. We found all sorts of things in cars.
1: Sounds like a real time capsule. Matt, will there be a second season for the show, and
0: where will it take you? It's looking good. Where we go, we never really know. It's like the wind; We blow from one little town to another. The journey is ever-changing, so I can't really say where we would go, but it's going to be somewhere deep in the north and probably where, no, where the roads end. That's all I really know. <laughs> if you spend lots of time on the
1: road, I'm sure there's a number of places you've stopped to eat at over the years with you and your team. So tell me about your favorite diner, drive-in or dive and why you keep going back.
0: Oh, there's many, but one of the ones I enjoy the most, I think, was in Dawson Creek was very much a second home to me for uh, almost 10 years. And I feel like I'm very close to that place. And Stewie's Diner, it was a real uh, highlight. It's an old train car, quite an old caboose-style train car. In the heart of Dawson Creek, it was converted to a, a 50s diner, very much something you'd see like in an Elvis Presley movie. Mm-hmm. The red and whites and the checker floors, that kind of thing. Stewie's Diner is a real favorite, for sure. And it really feels like when I go in there, I come from this modern world of sending an email and dealing with our fast pace. And then I go in there and... To, as soon as you hear the music and as soon as you sit down in the booth, it, it just feels like you've gone back in time and it really sets the stage for what's to come on our trip. So it's a real favorite of mine. I think Stu's Diner in Dawson, for one, I could probably name 10. What interests you outside of cars and trucks? What might we be interested to find out about you? What's your hobby? Oh, well, I got lots of hobbies. Grew up as a carpenter. I'm building a house right now. So I, over the next two years, I'm, I'm hand building a house myself and a couple helpers basically every part of it so from the cabinetry to the flooring to everything i'm a big what i would say 100 mile diet guy so literally milling the trees myself to planing that wood into a kitchen and flooring and furniture and everything so yeah that's a big i want to call it hobby but when i'm not out hunting cars i'll be building a house i really enjoy restoring antique aircrafts basically trying to stay out of trouble and trying to stay focused before i go back to what I love the most, I think, which is canvassing the north and the prairies for what was left behind.
1: I'd like to thank Matt Sager of Vancouver Island, who was featured in the History Channel's TV show entitled Lost Car Rescue. If you have suggestions or comments, send a voice message to podcast at blackpress.ca. You may be part of our podcast mailbag segment. You'll find today in BC podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, and Google Podcasts.